to Paperback Besties, where we are besties who like to read and like to talk about it. I'm Rachel. And I'm Callan. And today we are finishing our Iron Flame discussion. Because we finished the book. We finished the book. Kind of took me a long time, actually. I had to do it in a couple sittings, too. Fourth thing I read in about three sittings total. This obviously is a longer book, but it took me over, like a week to finish the whole book, which I guess is not that slow, but for me it's slow. Especially because we finished the first half in one day. Yes. I finished it yesterday. But there was periods of time, it's not like I was reading every day. I, I put the book down for about four days and then I mm-hmm. read the second half in like two sittings. I still love this book. I did. I have a wonderful time with during while I was reading, but it was easier to distance myself from when I was not reading it. When we finished Fourth Wing, I was like in a book coma and I didn't, I couldn't read anything. And I'm already thinking about like what I'm going to read next. Same when I finished it, I I finished it Saturday night. So I went to bed and then Sunday I was like, okay, what am I going to read? Fourth Wing knocked me on my ass. And this one I was like, alrighty. I still loved it though. Like I still gave it five stars. I think it was a great book, but I, I don't know. I feel like it was easier to, to move past. Same. And I wasn't sure if that was a me thing because we have been doing so much fantasy that I wasn't sure if I was just like, this is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So you rated it five stars. I did. I think it, I think it's not as perfect to me as the first one was. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a four-star book. I still really liked it. I was actually thinking about it because I was really skeptical in what I wanted to give it. Because I don't... I feel like it's probably like a 4.7. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man. When I first read the Darker Shade Magic series, I gave it four stars. And then I reread it. And I was like, no, this is a five-star series. Like, I love this. So I think mm-hmm. that's... I kind of thought about that to myself. And I was like, no, I think it's five stars. Like, I don't want to do that again. I gave it four to four and a half. And... This could be for a mul- multiple reasons. So I feel like it was four, four and a half. But with that being said, the other series that I love, Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco. Loved the first one. When the second one came out, I gave it a four stars. And then when I reread it for the third, I understood it more. I got what was happening more. It set it up for the third very well. I rated it a five stars again. And I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen when the third one comes out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know, because <laughs> it wasn't a perfect five stars to me. So that's why I'm kind of like 4.3, if we're getting technical, 4.5 with the potential to become a five once everything's flushed out. And I have reasons for that. Yeah, I feel like uh, like any good trilogy, I don't know if I said this on this podcast or just like in life recently, but I feel like any good trilogy, the first one can sort of stand on its own. The mm-hmm. second one can't stand without the third one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a five book series. We know that. But this book does feel incomplete without whatever's going to happen next. Exactly. Which is by design. But at this moment, I'm like, give me more. <laughs> exactly. I felt like this book, the, 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 I feel like they're done. Yeah, it's it's incomplete. But also without that, I feel like it was very long. I feel like a lot happened, but at the same time, nothing happened. But like, yeah. it it all matters in the grand scheme of things, I'm sure. But it was just a lot. Like we said last time, it was a lot of so much action, so much action. And okay, for what? And I, I think it just comes down to the fact that it was too long. Like when I was just going over my notes right now, I could argue that you could have split part Part one could have been a book and part two could have been a book. It's a minor argument. That one just popped in my head, but 
I was thinking that actually, so today um, is when our first episode of our first half mm-hmm. of the book came out. So I listened mm-hmm. to our own episode on Spotify at work today. And I was thinking this feels like what we're talking about and what we thought the tension was. And we were like excited about different points. feels like a completely different story from what I yes. read yesterday. Like it's the same characters. Yeah. It's the same story. But like it, even some of the things that we were kind of predicting yeah. felt like they were irrelevant to the second half of the book. Mm-hmm. And that's why it just felt like so much happened. But at the end of the day, what happened? Yeah. In, in the book, total it's still a really good book like i'm giving it above a four star i don't think it's quite a four star and i also think a reread will help it just was kind of an info dump of action maybe but also there was so much new magic that wasn't quite explained very well like a conduit and alloy runes on top of all the everyone's dragons and new people and new places and new towns i spent most of the book confused and that just didn't really make for a good time for me whereas fourth wing i kind of knew what the fuck was happening the entire time mm-hmm. so i hope the next one does better with that especially with where the plot the end went i don't know that, that just might be a me thing one it might be because i have a learning disability but also the other point that didn't make it quite five star was just the whole issue with violet and satan but it'd be really boring if they were so doughy-eyed and in love like the entire book but at the same time it was so repetitive it was the miscommunication trope. Mm-hmm. And that started really bothering me. And then when they actually finally resolved it, it was a page and a half discussion. Like you had months and months and months of miscommunication. And now all of a sudden you just are like, oh, we're done, basically. I don't know. Yeah, like you guys couldn't figure out how to have that 20-minute conversation anytime in the last six months. Right, especially when you're rooming together. And I get that they were kind of like, Zayden was all over the place, but still, like, they had time to bone. You have time to have a t- conversation. Yeah. Maybe it's just the old married woman in me. I don't know. It just <laughs> felt a fair, very young adult. Yeah. I saw, maybe it was a Goodreads review, I'm not sure, it, but somebody said that this book feels a lot more young adult than the first yeah. one does. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with that. Not that the, not that that is a bad thing. Mm-mm. You know, I love some young adult books. I love adult book, whatever. It does feel a little more, I don't want to say low stakes, but like, you know, when you're like 20 and you have the kind of relationship problems that are like vastly different than the relationship problems you have when you're 30, they're lower stakes. Like they feel like they're bigger stakes, but they're mm-hmm. really not. So Violet, for example, in the first half and throughout the rest of the book, really, it's just like mad at Zayden for not like communicating with her and telling her everything. And both of us are reading it and being like, girl, get the bigger picture. Like, clearly he's not telling you everything. But when you're 20 or 21, your boyfriend not telling you everything is the end of the world. So if you're reading this as a 20 year old, maybe you're like, oh, my God, why doesn't he communicate with her? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're going through the bullshit that they're going through, I feel like you should be a little bit more emotionally mature. Yeah. If you can put up with three days of torture, I think you can handle your boyfriend <laughs> not yeah. communicating with you because there's a war and he's leading a revolution. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe year old. Yeah. I did very much enjoy it. I, I'm no way like talking badly about this book. We're just talking about it with like loving criticism, mm-hmm. but I very much had a good time. I'm obviously going to read the third one and probably the fourth and the fifth. I don't really see like, unless we really jump the shark here, how I'm not going to want to continue the series. I am really excited for the third book. I have such high hopes for the third book because of the direction that this one took 
Because you know me. Mm-hmm. I love a villain. Yeah. But she hasn't started writing it yet. I think that's okay. That gives me a little bit of anxiety because I hope she doesn't fanfiction herself. Yeah. That's the, that's my only thing. That's true. I didn't think about that. I yeah. was thinking it might be a good thing if she takes a little more time to write the third one. Because I do agree that some of the things felt a little unfinished. Like some of the magic felt a little bit like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. But because, like we even said it in our first um, the episodes with Fourth Wing, we're like, oh, everything feels relevant. Everything feels yeah. like it has purpose. I still feel like that with this book. Yeah, There's so many notes. little Easter eggs. Like um, even some of the quotes at the beginning of the chapters could mean bigger things. I saw a couple TikToks about that. People are like, oh, what does this mean? You know, especially stuff about the Venom and stuff. You know, we have three more books. We're not even halfway down the series. So, like, maybe she'll take us there. That's why I think at the end of it all, I can 60% see myself rating this a five. Like, rereading it, rating it a five. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's all flushed out. This is a perfect book. Maybe if you look at it back to our Harry Potter analogies, if yes. you just read the first one and chamber of secrets and you're like yeah. what's up with this magical diary it doesn't seem yeah. to to align with any other type of magic that we know and then you find out several books later that it's actually a horcrux and everything mattered yeah. all along then maybe we can look at this like the chamber of secrets but probably yeah. better because the chamber of secrets is the worst book and <laughs> we can move past it that's what i keep thinking that's what i had the entire time i'm reading i'm like okay it's just like if you know i i stopped reading after book five or or yeah, what you just said. Yeah. Like, okay, it's it's a part of the series. It's just the the midway. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Actually, really sucks. I always skip it. But it was needed to move the story along. So I get it. Yeah. Great book, though. Great book. Great series. And I'm yeah. loving where this is going. Absolutely. I'm definitely invested because I, I was going to put it down. I think I updated my Goodreads and I was like 82% of the way through the book. And I was like, oh, I think mm-hmm. I'm done reading for the night. Like, we're going to go do something else. And then mm-hmm. um, Dave was like, I'm going to go upstairs real quick. And I was like, okay, I'll read one more chapter and see where we are. And then I just kept going for the rest of the book. <laughs> the ending was the best part. Yeah. If the ending wasn't as amazing as it was, this would have been a three and a half. Yeah. The ending really, really saved it for me. It was great. I feel like we had all of these points of tension, mm-hmm. right? And when, you know, we read the first half and, like, the breaking into the archives felt like such a big deal. And then I kind of forgot that it happened until we listened. Mm-hmm. I listened to our episode. And I was like, oh, yeah, the breaking into the archives was, like, such a big deal. She got kidnapped and, like, tortured by Varish. And even that felt like less of a big deal mm-hmm. <laughs> towards the end of the book because there was just so... It felt like there was so much that happened and like Varish was like villain number one for the first 60% of this book and then we killed him and now we're like doing something else and like we kind of forgot about him yeah crazy crazy that's why I'm like I could argue part one and part two could have been split up I just thought of it it's a weak argument but it's okay yeah I feel like yeah it could have and it but it's also like part one is not that exciting (laughs) no but Chamber of Secrets isn't that exciting it's true it's not it's really not but i was thinking about it too in um, again we're only comparing this to harry potter because it's what we know and what we love it's not an insult it's just a comparison for our brains Mm -hmm. the first 70 percent 
or 60% of any Harry Potter book is just casual. We're going to school. We're having fun adventures. We're taking a potions test and then we go home. And mm-hmm. then there's like in the background, this rumbling of action. And then in the last 70%, like Voldemort waits till finals week to attack Harry Potter and we all move on. So that's essentially what happened here. And it yeah. is a book about school. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to school, we're going to classes, we're having these little mini adventures along the way, things are going on in the background, but we're also, we still have to go to class. We have a physics test, and then the battle happens at the end of the year. And Zayden tries to protect her from going to class, but it's like, it's class. It's class. It's required. There's an attendance requirement. You're only allowed four skips a semester. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get started. Shit really did pick up right where we stopped. Mm -hmm. So we are reading from chapter 35 on... When she said that I am not defenseless, I'm still in full possession of my mind because she took the serum that Farish gave her that knocks her off from Tarn, that knocks her off from her wielding, which she would just blow everything up anyway if that was the case. So he's questioning her and she's only telling half truths, what she learned from Satan because no one can communicate. So Varish tortures her and she was hallucinating Liam because she was there for like two days and just in so much pain. And even though it's fake, it helps her. Watch it not be fake. Watch so, him actually be like his soul is like you know in one of these runes. <gasps> the runes and the daggers. I still know what those are. Emblems that are in the hilt, and they all have different things. And she learned that two of them are prote- one of them is like to protect her from cat. Which one of them was- is unlocking. Yeah, I thought that was very specific. But- so watch him be in like a soul place, and then he comes back in like book four. <gasps> So then with all this, we learn that Varish is trying to set a trap for Zayden because he's like, he's going to come. and He's like the real one I want. She's like, I can't imagine seeing him tortured. But I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so Dane comes. Varish brings Dane in and we're all on the edge of our seat. I was, Rachel. I know you were. Everyone at home, I know you were. Violet was. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to ruin everything, which is another theme throughout this book that I did not like. What do you mean? Every other chapter, she's like, it's only love. I failed. Yeah, she has some uh, aggressive, like, PTSD in this book, which is I don't know warranted. if it's PTSD. I just think that's an insecurity that needs to be checked out. Probably. Yeah, so Dan comes in, and he touches her, and she shows him all of the worst parts of what happened. All the pain, all the agony, losing Liam, all the anxiety. And at first, he's, like, telling them, yeah, they've been sneaking weapons to the borders. And Varish is like, oh, my God. And the next scene, you know, she's ready for Dane to kill her. And the next thing you know, he stabs Varish. And then he's like, Violet, we gotta go. And you're like, yes, his redemption arc is happening. <laughs> and then Zayden comes, because, of course. And he just kills the truth sayer, Nora. And that was the chapter. That's right, where we stopped reading. Like, that was the next chapter after we stopped reading, of yeah. course. And we um, had made a point, like, you said something about I hope Jane gets redemption arc. And there it is. There it is. It <laughs> Three pages later. Right there. Okay, so just kind of backtracking off what we said earlier, where, like, Jack Barlow plays a huge part in this. This motherfucker's not around at all. Where was he? <laughs> where did he go? Why was he? He, like, he was, he was the probably, inquisitorial squad, and then he disappeared. He was probably tracking her. Or something. I don't know. Because we don't see him again till the very end. And I have a lot of questions about where was he. So we're like, oh, we're going to figure out Jack Barlow now. No, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So the next chapter, Zayden and Dane aren't working together at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Dane was just so happy to be called in at the same time Zayden got there, basically. Zayden was, like, ten minutes behind. And Zayden has just murdered everyone to get down there into the interrogation room. As Garrick says, when he comes in, he's like, oh, you can leave some for me. And chapter are all, like, things that Zayden says that are so lovey and romantic mm-hmm. that Violet knew before this. But I have here when he says, there's nowhere in existence you could go that I could not find you. Remember? Very Kellyn Lila. Oh, nice. And then even just the action of Garrick being like, it took me forever to clear the barricade of bodies in the staircase. Like, look at the lengths people go. I will happily watch Aretia. I think my brain said Aretia, but that's not even correct. (laughs) Burn to the fucking ground again if it means you live. And then, of course, he goes on to say, I love you first, just as you said. Mm-hmm. last podcast and it's long paragraph that's romantic and dramatic i'd say yes yeah <laughs> doesn't dane say something funny where he's like i don't know he said something like i might fall in love with him too if you don't <laughs> he said that later so after yeah. violet and him kind of have their heart to heart he's like do you really love ryerson and violet's like what and he's like well you know garrick and i heard the last part of his proclamation and honestly i might fall in love with him too but dane <laughs> had redemption i want to learn more about that redemption um, I do too, because I'm I'm hesitant to say that I like him, but I do all of a sudden. All of a sudden, I do. I will say that. So we oh, leave like that how... room and we run into her her mom. Sorry. Well, first, I really like how she says, "What the fuck am I supposed to do now? Go back to class?" And that's literally what me and you were saying after fourth wing. <laughs> we're like, we're reading the next summary for Iron Flame. Like, how is she back here? Yeah, but it worked out. I laughed at that. I think out loud. Oh yeah. <laughs> when Zayden said, follow me or die, it's your choice, but make it now. And then that's when her mom shows up. Right. We learned that Zayden put wyvern carcasses at every outpost to cause a distraction. And her mom shows up with a serum to as the antidote for having her connection and power lost. And her and her mom have a little moment, three mm-hmm. minutes together, heart to heart. And her mom lets her go. And, well, actually, she doesn't let her go. She lets Zayden and Dane and Violet talk to her everyone's still there and i like Mm -hmm. how she made a good point to give everyone a choice while the leadership is at the outpost dealing with all of this dane can call the formation together so that they can cause chaos to everyone get out she had a moment with her mom where her mom said something about the deal that she had made with Mm -hmm. zayden to keep her alive how do you feel about that i don't like it i guess i could have done without it i guess Mm-hmm. But it makes quote unquote sense as to why he didn't kill her immediately, mm-hmm. which that would have been aggressive. But it makes sense of why he didn't kill her immediately. It makes sense as to why he was always kind of there at like threshing and helped her with the gauntlet. So that all makes sense. Now that I know that her mom's not like a total bitch, like I was able to find her more enjoyable. And kind of like everything that her mom or Violet assumes about her mom when she's like, oh, you just think scribes are lesser than writers. And she's like, bullshit, the love of my life was a scribe. Mm. Yes, General Swarndale, that makes valid sense. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Dane causes this formation. And can we just give a shout out to Dane for a hot sack that his life changed in a matter of 30 minutes? Yeah, and he just rolled with it. Right, he just rolled with it. So someone needs to check on him. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like he has any friends. So I'm worried for him. She has like her whole squad and her Rhiannon and stuff. And and he doesn't really. And he's just always like there. But he doesn't really have any like. Have anyone to hang with. He made his bed. He did. But we can't like him totally. So maybe by book three. You know know, I'd actually have what I predict for the future. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of down for it. Dane and Kat. (gasps) 
Cute. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, continue. Um, I was just saying, what if we get like an Edward Bella Jacob love triangle going on because all of a sudden Edward is in your face? <laughs> but the, I was like, what if we get that because like he's the friend who was always there and Zayn's the bad guy now. Skip to book five because, like I said, when we talked about this in some other podcast, that we all knew she was going to end up with Edward anyway. So why? Mm-hmm. But though I do want to see Ben and Zayden. What is this? Does do we do that in Kingdom of the Wicked at all? Where like the male lead ends up like a mysterious bad guy or something? Like I feel like I've I've read something like that where this happens well, before. I mean, I mean, obviously he was like a demon or something. To be well, like. okay, so I'll cut this out just in case anyone wants to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Earmuffs fans, I'll cut it out. So Dane calls a formation. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, we're back. So Dane calls a formation, and there's professors there, scribes are there, all the writers are there. It's a whole ordeal. Four professors go, three of the scribes go, including Jacinta, and the dragons are kind of at a battle between them, too, and, like, what they think they should do. Some dragons, I think, want to stay and protect the veil, and other dragons are like, fuck these people. Some people will go because their dragons want to go. Some people's dragons mm-hmm. don't want to go. I mean, I, I think it's, like, a 60-40 split, right? Like, yeah, most I'm people sure. end up going. I'm pretty sure. And they bring everyone to Arethia. Do you think that you would go? Yeah. I think I would because, first of all, I would never be in this situation because I would not be a dragon rider. But I feel like if you are just, like, called to a formation in the middle of the night and told that, like, everything that your government has been telling you is a lie. It's very Battle of Hogwarts. Yes. I think, yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that <laughs> as I was reading it. It's a problem. Like, and it's not even, like, these are unwarranted assumptions. Like, they're very clearly referenced, like, not references, but they're very, cl- like, it's a good jump to go there. Mm-hmm. Harry shows up with Ron and Hermione to the room of requirement, but this time it's Dane shows up with Zayden and Violet. So they talk to the people who are the revolution first, and they're like, let's take it to everybody. <laughs> they take it to the whole school. Yeah, I, w- I was literally thinking that the entire time with, like, the standing yep. information the in the stand- middle of yep. the night. <laughs> yep. So then we're at part two. Okay, so chapter 37, we start off that she's been having nightmares about the sage, and obviously this is where Rebecca Yaros doesn't do anything that doesn't matter so as soon as she was having the, these vivid of dreams with conversations i was like okay oh yeah he wants her this is kind of him pulling her towards him mm-hmm. they have sex they can't have a conversation no. the assemblies the assembly is pissed that there's a bunch of students here and then this is where she starts with her oh my god it's all my fault yeah that i'm like man we do not have time for that it's not your fault bigger picture so if six people don't like you, well, okay, Brennan's one of them. Five people don't like you. Who, who cares? Who cares? And then Andarna wakes up. Finally! 60% of the way through the book, we get Andarna back. <laughs> so she's half awake. And now, again, she's talking to Tarn about Andarna's health and how she's still sleeping too much and how her wing's kind of broken. And because they flew so much and it knocked Indarna out. She's like, oh, it's all my fault. So Indarna will never have a rider. She probably will fly, but things aren't looking too good. Tarn's just kind of being optimistic. And he's back on single father duty. Mm-hmm. I think I, even though Sigail's there, but he just left his ass and was like, you take, you handle it. I love any scene with the dragons. I love any lore with the dragons. You know, like, oh, she has to go to the dreamless sleep when the elders mm-hmm. are watching her. The elders are going to teach her how to fly. I'm like, who are the elders? Mm-hmm. What are they? A bunch of grandpa dragons? Like, 
<laughs> or when Tarn was saying, I forget when he said this, when he was like, I haven't even hit like middle-aged yet. And... Oh yeah. And then Tarn is like, really? I thought you yeah. were old. <laughs> yeah. No, I like anything to do with the dragons is just where this, this book like thrives. I feel like if somehow we could do this whole book without dragons, I would be less interested in it. This, but yeah, this book would be terrible. And of course, Violet feels bad because Brennan can't get enough sheep there because it's she brought all the flyers there like i i don't know you were getting tortured you had to do what you had to do yeah you and does that make me a bad person for having that thought process i don't think so i don't think so i think it's some perspective and violet maybe is just too close to the the weeds to understand the perspective she can't see the forest through the trees here she's just too 20 years old yeah i guess so they're back at school so they've kind of set up a mini school area throughout here because they have four professors, they're kind of doing a battle brief, and things have changed now. All the flags don't mean Pomorish enemies, because those aren't the enemies anymore. It's now the Dark Wielders. And they're offering to bring all the families here, too, kind of as a safety. I have another note more. It's all my fault from Violet again. <laughs> <laughs> the flyers are now attacking the outposts for weapons because they can't, they're not smuggling weapons from Fazgate anymore. So she's like, oh my god, it's all my fault. It's so funny because I didn't even, like, pick up on these. And, like, now that you say them, I'm like, yeah, that is really annoying. <laughs> I, I don't have time for people like that. I really don't. <laughs> people make mistakes. You fall on your face. You get back up. Move on. Like, that. that's just <laughs> mm-hmm. who I am as a person. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Acknowledge your mistake. Grow from your mistake. And keep Right. As long as you learn and grow from your mistake. So now to make up for everything, she really wants to get the luminary from Takaris. Mira shows up. At the end of this. Yeah, she's that's actually not what I expected from Fighting Mira. for the revolution, and then she punches Brennan in the face. Rightfully so, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. So Mira is understandably pissed. They have a sibling fight. It's very entertaining for me as an only child. And Zayden as well, too. Mm-hmm. We have that in common, I guess. So then at the end of this chapter, Violet thinks she knows how to raise the wards. She leads all the assembly out to the... Wardstone. They all have to... Wardstone, thank you. They all have to bleed on it, but nothing happens. And now this is where she begins her whole I failed thing. And she mentions this millions of times throughout the book. About how I she did not like this. With the Wardstone. I did not like it. And I also don't like how later when she's trying again, she's like, oh, I didn't read the first part. Violet. That is not on brand for Violet. That is not on brand for Violet. No. I didn't like that. I was like, that's not something yeah. she would do. She would read the whole fucking book. Yeah. She just read one page and was like, didn't work. Girl, yeah. of course and, and it didn't she, work. Like, you didn't even read it. Exactly. And and I didn't like how she kept kind of throwing herself a pity party that she failed. Like, you didn't fail anything. Like, okay, so what? You you got all the assembly out there. Who I know don't like you, so the stakes are a little bit high. But they trudged out there. But how far they, away is they, it? Yeah, they sacrificed, what, a half hour of their time if they fought? Like, I don't know. You just cut your hand, bled on it. Everyone here has done work. Nobody killed anyone. For, no, it's not yeah. like a thing. It, and there then was they no just stakes. walked back. At most, it's what, an hour? I don't know. So there's no stakes here. You didn't fail anything. Okay, try again. That yeah, would be shocking if again. it happened the first time. And it was like, that's it. Done. And I didn't like how even, right, so she had mistranslated Iron Flame to Iron Rain. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, you're lightning. Right? So even if you did think it was Iron Rain... And they're bleeding. Is she thinking that the rain is like the drips of the blood that's like got iron in it? And like, that's what she's talking about? Because you didn't, to me, that's, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, whatever. But before we figured out what it was, I assumed there was like two parts to this equation. You know, like everybody bleeds on it and then you light it on fire. Or yeah, you I was like, shoot lightning at it. I thought you were going to shoot lightning at it or something. Do something else afterwards. It's not just like, nope, didn't work. 
That's like, too easy. That's too easy. It's very clearly like a, a, a ritual of some sort. Mm-hmm. So I was like waiting and then she's like, nothing's happening. I'm like, yeah, girl, you got to. You gotta bring the the rain into it. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't feel like it was in character for her. So then in training with Felix, we learned that Professor Carr was kind of not holding her back, but he was focusing on quality over quantity. Sorry, Mm -hmm. quantity over quality. And not also not on brand for Violet, but very on brand for Harry Potter is that she didn't learn about her own magic. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, I can do it like 75 times a minute or 40 or whatever times a minute. And... I'm like, girl, you have lightning coming out of your hands. And you didn't think to, like, play with it. (laughs) She maxed out at 40. Yeah. You didn't think to, like, practice. You didn't think to aim. Yeah. She's like, oh, I didn't realize I could aim. Yeah, I just thought I just did it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, everyone even in the first, first book is calling her super powerful. But, like, to me, as the reader who's, like, getting things from her perspective... Lightning's powerful, sure, but I'm just like, there's way more powerful signets, but only because she's not, we're not getting it from her perspective where she's, like, controlling it, where she's just like, shoo, shoo, shoo. Yeah, because know is literally doing that with shadows. Like, why wouldn't you yeah. think to yourself, as, like, Violet is, at least in the first book and whatever, and in her moments, a very intelligent person. Mm-hmm. Why would you not think to yourself, like, okay, like, how can he just so easily control shadows? He's only mm-hmm. two years older than you. Why did she not practice? Mm-hmm. Like, why did she's like, oh, he never, I mean, maybe we only see it like once or twice, but she only met with Professor Carr like twice. <laughs> yeah, maybe we only saw it that much. But I'm like, why are you not but like it... aiming or being like, I wonder if I can make a really small yeah. lightning bolt. Like, if that were me, same thing where I mentioned Harry Potter, like Harry Potter's like, oh, I have to learn my spells. I'm like, bitch, you are a magician. Yeah. Why are you not like, let me learn my spells all the time. Like they're sitting in the common room and being like, let me see if I can get a little bit of lightning in my hand. Let me see if I can light that candle over there. Play with it. What are you right. doing? It seems and, fun. And like Just I said, like, lightning is very powerful. But if you can only do it when you're like having sex with your boyfriend, because lust and anger and frustration are like the only times that you can really manifest it. That's not very. It's very. That's not useful. <laughs> no. You have to like heighten your emotions really mm-hmm. heavily to just express any sort of magic at all. That doesn't seem very beneficial. Right. At all. I hope she. I mean, she she masters sort of, that. that. Yeah, but it seems like a very not easy thing to master, but it seems like a very easy thing to practice. So she meets with the Felix, and Felix is challenging her on it, which I think is good. And he's like, "Oh, are you going to practice?" And she's like what he's like well if you're not gonna practice then i guess these meetings are done or whatever like he kind of calls her out and it's kind of an awakening for her she's like oh, i didn't realize i had control i didn't realize i can do this and you, you'd think that you could if people are telling you you wield lightning i'd be like i get angry and it goes off over there mm-hmm. i can't wield anything <laughs> i hope by the next book she can be more good job yeah the conduit which i don't believe was explained um in my brain it looks like neville's remember all Yes, in my brain, it looks like a worry stone. I think she can, like, aim at it. And, like, she it acts as, like, something about the runes in the conduit. And, like, it, like, draws it or something. So it's kind of like an extension. I don't know. It helps. It's a training tool and it helps somehow, oh, magically. Okay. See, I don't feel like that was explained. It probably wasn't. <laughs> I may I'm I'm be completely wrong. I may have missed it. Because, again, just too many fantasy books in a row. Okay, so her, Mir, and Brennan go to Takaris without telling anyone, and by anyone, I mainly mean Zayden. Mm-hmm. But Zayden's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his deal? 
he had the luminary. I don't know. That, that's why I feel like a lot of it's a lot happened, but nothing happened in Granite. Everything just felt so big just for one little thing to come out of it. I think that's really it because this whole thing had to happen. So they get all the flyers to basically go to Arethia. Uh -huh. That's why this whole thing happened. But she gets there. Her and Zayden are mad at each other again. I think uh, Viscount Takaros is giving the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, and that makes sense. I feel like I just had this thought. What if this book is very info dumpy and like everything seems disconnected because you have three more books? And I was just thinking like, is she going to, are the three more books going to be like this where there's just like a lot of exposition and a lot of of things that we don't understand people we don't really know and stuff? Or do you think Takaris is going to be relevant in book four? He might be relevant. That's why, that's why I'm very ready to change my mind about the fact that everything doesn't seem relevant or too big for just a small outcome. So I feel like it is going to all circle back at some point. It has to. Yeah. So I'm ready this for is that not to that happen. Point. <laughs> right. This is not that point. And as a standalone, like this book just does not exist. So, well, the Viscount is Kat's uncle. So we see her again. And a lot of people on Goodreads and I feel like social media do not like her. Why do I feel like you do like her? Because I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think because you know you hate the ex-girlfriend trope you hate in a rom-com when the ex-girlfriend shows up and our heroine is jealous but I think it can be done very well especially when the ex-girlfriend is as much as a badass as Kat is yeah I don't know I, you hate her but at the same time I like her a lot I like that she's kind of always there we have to deal with her now force proximity just... Mm -hmm. with the ex-girlfriend which I, mm -hmm. I think is fun and somehow she ends up on her squad which is probably not accidental by anybody and go on missions with her and she's mm -hmm. just making comments the whole time and the chapter that they fought was actually one of my favorite chapters flawless from start to finish mm -hmm. but in the, the chapter meantime, after it also well, flawless. i kind of i kind of i put those into one of course they have to be in gowns for this it just felt very sexual it was giving a Court of Thorns and Roses, just like being a heroine in a gown and like having to do something yeah, pseudo badass. And I was like, this is stupid. I could have done without that. But the fact that her and Mira, it was a Venom and because he wanted her to wield lightning at this Venom. And I'm just like, Venom oh in the va vanishing cabinet? Yes. Yes. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how can she do this? I'm nervous for her because everyone's watching. She realizes that she's a show. I actually feel really bad for her here. I mean, I feel bad for her like most of the time. But her and Mira fight it, and she eventually kills it. And then Zayden's just casually strangling the Viscount. <laughs> Zayden's, like, got the Viscount up by his neck. Like, and everyone's just letting it happen. Yeah, doesn't he have, like, guys? Like, guards yeah. and stuff? And they're just like, hmm. I know. That sucks. Alrighty. Zayden thinks that this is really because of him. It's a lot of Violet thinking that Zayden's going to get punishment and Zayden thinking that Violet's going to get punishment and it's all because of each other. He thinks it's because of him because he broke off the betrothment that him and Kat had back when. Oh, we had a bit that I I, I, I took a, a mental note. Um, but when they were about to get dressed in separate rooms mm -hmm. and he was like talking about her safety and her safety and her safety. And she's like, you know who you sound like? Who? Uh, Dane. And like yeah. slamming the door in his face. And I was like, Yeah. He is. And it's annoying because that's not who we expect from Zayden. Zayden's normally like, you are a badass. Do whatever you want. I trust you. I agreed. I, I agree. He needs to loosen up a little bit, but he's all like, I didn't love you then, which it's not a good ar argument, Zayden, but I, I do like her argument back to him there. I think 80% of the time I side with Zayden in their miscommunications, but this time I side it with Violet. Mm -hmm. He's definitely losing sleep. Oh yeah. He's hot pissed about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They negotiate 
in order for them to get the Luminary, they take all the flyers to Arabia. Yeah. Where they will be boarded and safe. What is the Luminary? Rachel. <laughs> I don't know what a rune is, okay? How did we how did we get it there? I'm a, I'm picturing it like a hard. like a I like think... a cauldron that's like like a smelting yeah. situation. And like how did we get the smelting? I think Tarn because she keeps asking Tarn, do you think you can carry a luminary? And he's like, You're insulting me. So that's I true. think that's maybe how it is. I I think I thought I knew what runes were. And I... then I was thrown off when I re listened to our thing about the the knots that he has her making and their runes. And I was like, I thought runes were like symbols so i think yeah so i think what she's nodding i think i have an idea of what runes are i just don't like how they were randomly thrown in there like they were the piece of magic that was actually like explained but still they're in everywhere and that wasn't explained that great Mm -hmm. you take your magic weave kind of a spell so like that's kind of the knots that she was making so it's not just like a sailor knot it's like an actual yeah my brain is like making friendship bracelets (laughs) right so like you take your magic you put it in a physical object or in yeah a physical object and it's not magical it's just standard and then that makes it that knot makes it magical and it makes and there's different spells basically for different things that you want it to do Mm -hmm. i don't know what alloy dagger alloy things are i have no idea what the fuck alloy is. is a um it's like a term for metal that's like two different metals essentially folded and twisted together to make like uh like a, a new metal like if you smelt two things together and make one thing that thing is now an alloy of the other two things like in real life that's mm-hmm. like what alloy is so i think in this world it's like a special metal that's created out of dragon fire and whatever to have special properties that's what i was assuming okay so it's like a little like a i was picturing like a little like thumbprint kind of sized disc inside the hilt of the dagger that is now like magically imbibing the dagger because it's got a rune on it of that metal okay but i don't (laughs) that makes sense i'm a little bit lost again but okay (laughs) why (laughs) okay Okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, you take like a, you take some silver and you take some fucking aluminum and you melt them together in one pot. And then now that metal in the pot is an alloy of silver and aluminum and it's subluminum. What does it do to the dagger? Well, in their situation, I think it's, it's some magic and you take some more magic and you melt them together and make new magic out of the two. And it hosts okay. a rune. Which okay. is why I thought runes were symbols. Like, I, like I thought that yeah. it's like a little coin with a carving in it. And that carving has the magic that goes into the dagger. I feel like you can make a rune out of anything, though. Like, yeah, which is why yeah. I didn't really know what we were talking about. Because yeah. I thought, like, um, you know, like, Nordic runes? Like, those, like, mm-hmm. very, you see, yeah. like, those little triangular letters? Um, Like, that's what I was thinking they were. Like, little letters. Hmm. But they're not? I don't know. <laughs> so now that all the flyers are here, her Zayden kind of reminds her that they're going to come after you because your last name is Thorngale, which makes 100% sense. Yeah. And her squad is just as powerful as Kat's tribe. They're just equal in power. They're the best. So they're constantly paired with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they, okay. Mm-hmm. I also did not like this part. I didn't, I didn't think it was needed really. So they have to climb the cliffs to get there. Yeah. But. Why? Because, because the Griffins, I don't think they can fly over the cliffs because of the altitude. But why did we have to bring all the cadets from Arethia 
on a three-day mission to now get to the bottom of the cliffs and walk up with them for some kind of bonding thing but like that i don't know to be honest i didn't is that what they were doing they were trying to get there yeah yeah to be honest this was my least favorite scene me too i didn't get it yeah i I actually didn't really register that we were trying to get there i thought they were like just taking them on a challenge like just go Mm -hmm. for a hike this was them getting there they haven't got there yet so when they hit got the cliffs they're like okay all the cadets come and come to the bottom of the cliffs we all can walk up together in theory i get it right because it's a challenge and they said the thing about the parapet and they didn't these people didn't have to go over yeah, the parapet but... so this is their parapet so it's their challenge but like why do we we already did go yeah, over the parapet. Yeah, that, that's fine yeah they were like oh like well, this is them proving themselves to you and i'd be the first one to raise my hand and be like well now i did this and the parapet no fuck off i'm getting on my dragon yeah and so the dragons are like everybody's dragon is like circling the mountain like on watch right but mm-hmm. there's a big thing about the cloud cover and we can't see over the mm-hmm. cloud cover so you're telling me that like the ma- the castle or the chateau wherever they are on the side of the mountain or in the mountain is like the dragons can't see anything or like are they above the cloud club cover? I think they're above the cloud cover. But then you can't see land. I thought that was weird. And the venon are like then the, the wyvern are there, and I'm like yeah. I really I think that someone in the world is listening to this and being like no, and you're probably I, right, but no. I don't know where I am. <laughs> yeah, this just Leslie. This just for me. This whole scene, which I and, and I guess this is. You know, again, this is the one small thing. We needed Violet to, again, be like, it's all my fault because she couldn't save Luella. And now Kat is now being like, she killed Luella and Kat just needs some kind of motive motive to hate her. Like she didn't already have some. Right, right. That's other than Zayden. Riddock gets injured, but Brennan heals him and Wyver come for some reason and she has to fight them. I don't know why. That's my note. Yeah, I thought it was a lot and... It's like one of those little peaks of, like, if you're looking at this story, like a mm-hmm. little heart monitor, you know, it's like mm-hmm. one of the little top points. And it's, to me, it didn't really serve a purpose. Yeah, I could have done without that because it just, I don't know. I don't like when things make me anxious for no reason. <laughs> I don't like when things make me anxious for a reason. So. <laughs> they have class with the writers now and they start learning to weave the runes. Then in chapter 46, they all still hate each other. So the professors are letting them fight it out, which this was my favorite, 46 and 47. <laughs> Just from start to finish, perfection. Cat wants to fight Violet, obviously. And I loved the end of the chapter, I think right before that. No, no, it was 46. She realizes that Zayden taught both of them. Yes. This is what the ex-girlfriend trope is like, valuable. I liked that too. Yes. So her and Cat are fighting. And Cat is heightening her emotions, which fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate that, but, you know, I'm reading it. I'm not involved. So <laughs> she's making her so angry and so jealous. And she's saying all these, like, horrible bitchy things. And she then you kind of learn that she doesn't even want Zayden. She just wants the crown. But, like, the crown doesn't exist anymore. And Violet's kind of like, you're stupid. <laughs> but, anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so then Zayden shows up, because, of course, and telepathically, he's like, I don't care if you kill her, but you will, which is a valid point. Valid point. Thank you, Jen. And then he's Zayden? Zayden. <laughs> Imogene sees that she's using mind work, so the professor Devaria, Devera, is like, why did you interfere? And Imogene's like, she was cheating, she was using mind work, so then Zayden just carries Violet out on into the throne room, kicks the assembly out, and then my note is he then proceeds to fuck the insecurities out of her, but not really, because she's still doing that back and forth shit the rest of the book. <laughs> What I didn't like, I did enjoy the scene because I saw what he was doing, you know, on the throne. 
You know, mm-hmm. like the whole thing, like my chair, my woman. Great, great point. Power move because he overheard move. everything. Yes. And and more than we knew. So he she didn't get it. And I was like, Violet, how do you not and he had to explain it to her. Yeah. And I was like, girl. And she's like, Why are we in this room? I'm like, Violet. <laughs> do you see where you're at right now? Read the room, literally. Because like what I would think. Because in that moment I would be like, Yes, I'll marry you. Yeah. He lets her into his mind during Okay, so I have a note about this. Yes, please. So <clears throat> there is obviously a theory that because Violet has two dragons, Violet will get two signets. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca Yarrow said in one of her like midnight release Q&As mm-hmm. that Violet's second signet will start to manifest during this book. Mm-hmm. But clearly she hasn't like, Violet hasn't like announced or figured out what it is yet. But there is theories in the world that her reading his mind and him being like so drawn and shooketh by it that he like literally walks away like at some point towards the end. So there's theories that her I thing hope that's to do with reading his mind. True. Again, yes. her signets are manifesting when they're like boning. Yeah. See, that's that's a good point too. Mm-hmm. People are saying it could either be something like that, like something about mind reading. It could be something about like talking to the dead because of the Liam thing. But like that's very clearly. To me, that's very clearly, like, a a coping mechanism. Yeah, that was definitely... There was another theory I saw about something about talking to Malek, or whatever their god Uh is, because she talks to him or, like, prays to the gods in italics, like she's thinking to Taryn and Zayden. Mm -hmm. I I hope that's not it, because that doesn't No, I don't think that's it. I think the first one that you said is actually the one that would probably make the most sense. I didn't even put that together. That's an interesting theory. I like that a lot. Well, kind of on that note of her then being mad at Zayden for not telling her his ability later on, he may or may not have let her into his mind. We'll see. Mm -hmm. And very selflessly doesn't get off because he wants to prove to Violet that everything Kat was saying was wrong. So this entire book so far, besides when he was acting like Dane, Zayden is exhausted from trying to convince Violet he loves her and will let her in. Yeah. But I, then I hate how he's all like, Violet, you didn't ask, which, which maybe she doesn't know the questions to ask because that's when she was asking about how long he was engaged to Kat and he was like, you didn't ask, which is valid, but not because they seem, all they seem to do is like have sex. Like even if it's not described, it's like, oh, I woke up and like Zayden exhausted me last night. Like that's not how it was said. Yeah. But it's alluded to that they did that all night. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a very 21-year-old relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think later when they have their, like, two-page discussion about everything, she mm-hmm. makes that point. She's like, well, you didn't... How am I supposed to ask a question if I don't right. know there's a question to be asked here? Right. And I like that she does that because he's like, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, dude. So this is I, this is a part of the 20% that I side with her. Yeah. But I like how he said, you have to find your center again because she's doing the whole thing where she's like, I fucked up so much this year. The, the, you got tortured. Girl. Like multiple times you got uh, tortured. Multiple times. She, he said, you have to find yourself again, Violet. I can't do it for you. You're a creature of logic and facts and everything you know got turned upside down and shaken. You'll never know how truly sorry I am for that, but you can't just sit there and hope. You want it to change, then you have to figure it out just like the gauntlet. You're the only one who can. Thank you. Thank you. So then what does she do? Her and Dane go and start translating the journals together. And then that's where they have the conversation about him reading her mind he's really sorry he knows he can't bring liam back etc etc and then that's when they talk about if he truly loves or she truly loves satan 
because he does. <laughs> I actually like that scene. I did too. Lot. I like that they're like working together. I liked it in the future mm-hmm. quotes at the top of the chapters. It's like as translated yeah. by Violet and Dane. I love that I thought too. That was cute. Mm-hmm. I am in support of having opposite gendered friends. Yes. Especially in books. I feel like it's kind of rare because there's always it like is. a weird romance tension. Obviously, first book there was. I'm was rooting nice. for Dane and Kat. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I'm just kind of rooting for Dane in general so yeah. far. Yeah. Because we need to check on him too. Because Violet's world got turned upside down, but at least she has so much support. Like you said, Dane has no one and he's just now. Told, literally his whole yeah. world upside down. He like lost his dad. Yeah. In, in, a, in a, a 30 minutes, he found out everything was wrong. He killed Barish. Or helped kill Barish, and then led a formation out of Badgate, de- betrayed his dad, and we don't know what's going on there. And now is in this new place <laughs> where he doesn't really know anybody, and nobody's talking to him. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mad at him. He did make a good point, though. I think I don't know if it's here or later when they're having a conversation where she's like, "Oh, talking about last year mm-hmm. and how he's a completely different person than he was before." He left for a writer's school mm-hmm. and she, he was like, well, are you the same person that you were before you crossed the parapet? And she's like, no. And he's like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shit happens. We're in a war school, which I is think- a very valid point. <laughs> and I think that, yeah, like going back to Zayda not letting her in all the way. It's like, we're in a war school. Mm-hmm. Shit's weird. People change. Things mm-hmm. happen. People have to kill their professors in the basement. Okay, so then she's training with Felix again, and she's getting better, and he's challenging her, which we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find out that she ran into some people in the hallway, and they were telling her that they took Pavis. So I'm assuming that's the Dark Wheelers who took Pavis. It's only they. Who's Pavis? It's a town. Oh. So I'm assuming okay. it's the Dark Wheelers. Yeah. Zayden's all upset because the attack shows that they're outmatched, and he's worried about it. And then her, Dane, and Zayden start imbuing... The ward stone. So they're, Im- I'm going to pretend it's imbibing because that makes sense. Where you're like putting are something into something. Powering it? Why did they just start doing it? That her and Dane just read it or they did, did they just start I think it was it? one of the things that they discovered through reading more okay. than one page in the book. Okay. And they figured out that it was like a ritual okay. where there's steps involved. Okay. So they just learned that they have to like put some magic into it, which seems like a very obvious thing to do. It's a rock. That's what we're talking about. Instead of putting blood on it, just touching to... it with a bloody hand. Print. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to like do magic, put some magic into it. <laughs> so from reading more than just one page, she starts to figure out how to raise the wards. She goes to Rihanna though because she's not sure if they should do it. So the next day, all of the flyers—well, not maybe not all of them. But and their squad meet at Rhiannon's family's house to tell the flyers that they can get the words up, but if that happens, they won't be able to wield based on Warwick's journal. Mm-hmm. So somehow which we've read now. Violet gives them conduits that she's been doing, which okay. Six days later, she still has not told Zayden her findings, so it's been a full week now, and they're about to go on this mission, one of the challenges, and he's coming back because they're about to leave. So this is a challenge at a weekend pass. With all these towns falling, is that a good idea? Who's to say? No. So now they're fighting because they pass each other. And she says, I have to tell you about the wards. And I'll tell you when I get back. And he's like, well, just tell me now. Like, Jesus Christ. Where have you been for the last six days? I think he's been out. Like, I don't I don't know if he's been gone all six days. But I think he's been out because she says he goes out for long stretches of time. I think, I don't know if he's patrolling or helping or what the case is. So, and then they start fighting mentally right in front of Kat. And she's like, are they fighting? And 
Rihanna's like, yeah, they do this. Yeah. <laughs> so Kat's cool now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently. So her and Cat Squad are paired up for this, and they're hiking. And this is what I couldn't really visualize this that well, because to me, they're hiking. But the Griffins and Andarna are just walking alongside them. Mm-hmm. How big is this? I don't know. So to me, the Griffin, a Griffin is like the size of like a hippogriff. Same. I, I see that too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I actually see a hippogriff and not a Griffin. But I yeah. think I do too. Like a fluffier one. <laughs> Andarna is not fully grown. She's an adolescent, but she's still... She's pretty big, yeah. Big, so I'm like, how big is this? And, like, when dragons walk, I feel like they're massive. Like, shit has to shake. I I think she's very, in my brain, when I picture her, now that she's black and big, Mm -hmm. is that she's, like, very noodly. Like, she's Mm -hmm. very, like, skinny. She's got, like, a long, skinny neck, and she's just kind of, like, she can, like, sneak into little spaces because she's small. So they find this cave, and then Solus, a.k.a. Varish's dragon, finds them. So again, how big is this cave? Well, apparently there's another entrance into the cave, isn't there? Like Yeah, but least... like still, it's a, ca- a cave is big enough to fit a dragon? Because when I'm picturing, like, Tarn or Solus, I'm picturing, like, the dragons from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Those bitches aren't fitting in caves. This is true. When I can't picture things, I'm like, eh, I'm a little lost, but... Do you remember the um, challenge in Hogwarts Legacy where you had to go into the cave with all the spiders and find Tobbs, the house elf who had died? Oh, God, I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, like, in a cave, and you walk into the cave, and then you're, like, on this little, like, path, but there's, like, a big pit in the center of the cave, and mm-hmm. you're kind of, like, walking down. That's what I was picturing. Oh, okay. okay. So, like, there's a big pit in the center of the thing. And, I'm just like, picturing, like, a narrow cave. That's my issue. Yeah. I'm picturing, like, you're on a mountainside, and they walk mm-hmm. into the entrance into this cave, and then, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, a pit in the middle of the cave, which is where Solus is, being sneaky sneak at the bottom. So- and they're, like, walking around, but... Andarna is huge, but she's fitting on this little skinny path because she's huge, but thin. My holdup is, I just don't view caves as being big, but that is a good point. See? This is why we have these conversations. (laughs) Yeah, so then Solus comes out of the pit like a big demon monster and is like, Yeah. But, and then they end up she ends up light, but she's somehow able to, like, control the lightning to light a torch. She ends up saving Cat, I know. Mm Mm-hmm. And then later on, I know Zayden's mad about that because he's like, you risk your life for her. And she's like, well, she's basically is like third in line for Takaris' throne. So yeah, we don't need him as an enemy, which I think is very logical for Violet to think that. Thankfully, she's still in there somewhere. <laughs> but Andarna kills Solas. Mm-hmm. And now Tarn's kind of upset because he knows like the burden that that is to slay another dragon. That's yeah. why he only took his eye. Yeah, I think there's, like, some sort of political troubles mm-hmm. with the Empyrean now because mm-hmm. she killed a dragon. Oh, and then There's got to be some sort of self-defense clause. Right, that's what I think. If she's fighting for her rider and, like, other people, yeah. We did have some quality Andarna time during this and quality Andarna sass in this experience. Oh, yeah. But I do enjoy any time she's there. <laughs> and then we're fighting with Zayden. And then... Yeah, and then it's chapter 55, and then they're still fighting because... He was like, there it is. You're finally ready to ask the deal I made with your mother. And then chapter 55 starts. She goes, you you knew that I knew? And he's like, of course I knew. I was just waiting for you to ask the courage, the trust, whatever you call it, to fucking ask me. And then Same. she's like, he has the nerve to put it on me. But here I'm siding with Zayden again. Because, Same. Yeah. Because that would be my first question immediately. I'd be like, do you, like, when you see me, I, for me, I'd be really, I would be worried that when he sees me, he would not be able to separate the two which clearly he can but i would have to ask that yeah and i yeah she said how are we still having the same fight five months later and i was like violet because of you 
Because you haven't resolved the fight yet. Yeah, you have it because you don't talk. You have your own room. You have the means to have a conversation and lay it all out. Also, I just ha- I remembered in the cave is when we learn about the second signet thing and Violet has like a... Oh, yeah. A memory of... Uh, like a That's So Raven vision mm-hmm. of um, the fact that Zayden must have second mm-hmm. signet, which I did not pick up on at all because I completely forgot about his grandfather being... Right, it's mentioned jailed. very briefly in fourth wing so mm-hmm. yeah i completely forgot about that yeah but she remembers it so she's like oh there must be a second signet there i didn't put two and two together that she was thinking about zayden at that moment no, i don't think not at all brennan says we have an emergency a horde of wyvern has been sounded flying from pavis towards the cliffs so now zayden's like are you ready to raise those wards or would you like to wait until they're actually at the gates and i'm like you should have had this conversation like I'm sure she. Ago. I should. I'm sure she could have gotten out of this little challenge if she went to whatever professor's in charge of this, and was like, "I know how to raise the raise the wards. I just needed Zayden. He's been gone. Whatever the situation is, can I go do that?" And I'm sure the professor would have been like, "Yes, please." Yes, you're excused from class. But again, I guess we needed to have her save Cat or something, and the the whole conversation. I don't know. Yeah, and then we killed Solus for kind of no reason. Maybe Andarnam will have flashbacks to it. Maybe. But we had, I guess, during, if you look at it solely from this book, unless, you know, unless Solus being dead has something to do with something later, we learned about the second signet, and that was the whole point of that experience. But I don't think that experience, now that I'm thinking about it, had any purpose. You could have talked about that at any point. That, that was, that is my critic, that is my main criticism of this book, where it, it, everything was a lot, which makes for a lot of action, and that's fine, but everything was so much just for one little outcome mm-hmm. and, and it could have been shorter if everything wasn't kind of like that yeah mm-hmm. like some of the we go through all of these things just for one little thing to happen like some of those things could have been half the amount of thing to happen mm-hmm. exactly for the result like we could have just had this conversation at dinner exactly <laughs> like in passing i don't know in walking to class but at the same time class. i just want to say that i respect rebecca yars's creative ability Oh yeah. This is no no knock on her ability to, you know, create a great world and do that. It's just my thoughts. That's it. That's a good note because I definitely agree. We're like okay, I don't want, a lot, but it's it's right. Like, I don't want anybody to take this personally or something or think that I'm like bashing her. Like I think she's done a great thing. She's done a wonderful thing. She's made a, an amazing world. It's just my opinion. Yeah. And again, we only have one fifth of the amount of information that we mm-hmm. will eventually have. So it's yeah. very likely that in like 2027, when we're reading the fifth book, we're going to mm-hmm. be like, oh my God, that's why they did that. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. You never know. So Brendan comes in and he's like, wyverns are spotted flying towards Pavis from the cliffs. Like, let's get those wards. Okay. He's trying to mend it. We don't have time. So we get one of every color dragon that we can find that are the most powerful of their breed. And we all go breathe fire on the ward stone. Yeah, and you can only, I think, all the dragons can only breathe on it, like, one ward stone or something. Yeah, they can't do both. Um, they felt the wards, which is awesome. And Has no one seen the ward stone at Bazgath? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Because later when we go see it, it's, like, on fire. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has seen that ward stone, even, like, any of these professors, any of these people that are, like, I would assume it's very heavily, like, guarded, kind of. Yeah, I guess. And then they don't have time to test it, and then that's when they go. So in this, yeah, it's in this chapter that that her and Zayden go to the cliffs to kind of protect it, Mm -hmm. and they start talking about... The second signal. And they have the same argument again. Yeah, and I think that's when we learn what it is, and he doesn't want to tell her, and she ends up, like, kind of guessing. 
that yeah. he is an anistic and he can read people's yeah. thoughts but he says not thoughts it's intentions it's just a type of anistic and she's like who else knows and like clearly no one else knows because he's still alive but and i mm-hmm. like how he said when he first happened he just got scared shitless ran to sagel and like i just want to i want to know that how that uh-huh. conversation went because i just think of like mother sagel like, oh. little baby zayden <laughs> yeah. like oh. yeah. baby zayden from like two years ago yeah yeah baby 20 year old yeah man. yeah so she's pissed i mean i would ask the valid question of how you use that on me and please don't anymore but yeah she's mad like this literally gets people killed and if you can't handle the thought of varish torturing him like how about you just take a beat <laughs> yeah think I was, I was just gonna say, like, take a beat, think. I like that she says, please don't use it on me. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't. Which, mm-hmm. good. Thank you, Zayden, for, like, mm-hmm. having boundaries and stuff. And he doesn't like to use it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do. It's who he is. Yeah. it's He's he's not asking for it, so. He didn't do it on purpose. Right. And a bunch of wyvern come, but they don't do anything. Well, so you can't get past the wards, I guess. It was just all to resolve the fact that the wards are working. But I think it's all kind of set up that they're kind of, they're being, um, kind of decoys like they're really just trying to get to Basgate, but kind of throw them off mm-hmm. and then also one flyer still wields at the end of it so she's thinking the wards are wrong right we learn there's something wrong with our wards and then we get a call from the people at Basgate, and we find out that they want to meet with us i have a note because i just saw one line on here of a mental note that when zayden told violet that he's an intrinsic tarn looked over at sable and now they're fighting Mom and dad are fighting and everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah, they say that, don't they? Yeah. They say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like pissed at each other. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Um, the people from Basgaith are like, we need to set up a meeting. And to me, I kept picturing the scene in Pirates 3 where they meet on the little inlet. <laughs> I just had that thought too. Because I was picturing what I like, I was trying to think like, what do I look imagine that scene and I was like she's gonna say the scene from Pirates mm-hmm. where we're all walking to each other, towards each other it's like nah, 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 yeah. electric guitar <laughs> and everyone's like we let you go which is that ever really resolved I think it's sort of resolved in this conversation is that they essentially let them go because if they didn't they're just gonna have a bunch of people like causing a rebellion from mm-hmm. inside and then they okay. would just never get anywhere and they were just like plus like we you know can essentially blackmail you into coming back at any point so who cares mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to do and not nolan but the other guy melgrin had like a vision that they're gonna get attacked at samaria or samara mm-hmm. and they're like we need your help because if you're there we won't get die and they're like how do you know you can't even see us when we're there because of our mm-hmm. marked the things. relics yeah relics and he's like oh i I don't brennan's like go fuck yourself we're not Mm -hmm. doing this and then his mom sees him and Mm -hmm. she's like brennan i love you and he's like too bad and then they all leave and violet's pissed i was also pissed until later and i figured out why she was where we're going with this (laughs) well violet i feel like sometimes she she puts too much on her plate Mm -hmm. she needs to and and me and here's me saying this i i don't know maybe rebecca yaros can figure out a way but i'm like you can't save everyone maybe i'm just a bitch i don't know and she's mad at brennan for being like no we're not going to help you but she's like these civilians will die ma'am somewhere i get in the moment where essentially someone's asking you for help mm-hmm. to prevent somebody from dying and you're like no i'm not going to help you but you can't so like I would blame if that went wrong and I I don't know I would blame myself too knowing like I chose I chose to not participate in something that I could have helped in yeah. but like 
yeah she does make like a really big justice thing about like oh i can't let anyone die everyone has to be saved and it's like Mm -hmm. technically yes i get it but also in the battle later when she's like oh there's dragons on the ground and the dragons are dying and i'm like yeah girl because it's a battle there's no way that no one is gonna die in this battle right so it was either they help them in samara or Mm -hmm. they go defend Basgave because essentially they're gonna leave the people mm-hmm. on the government side, who's Navarre's side, they're all gonna leave Basgave and leave it essentially minimally defended mm-hmm. to go lose a battle that they know they're gonna lose in Samara. That's what it so was. So she's like, Well, we're not gonna go all lose a battle in Samara. We'd rather go read through the lines and figure out that they're gonna come for Basgave. I don't know. And we find out that Wyvern have runes inside of them, which I don't know why is a big surprise considering they're like created, not born. So like mm-hmm. clearly they're made of some sort of magic. I'm not really shocked by that information maybe that's why cat is so good at runes she's gonna end up making wyvern for zayden <gasps> but does he want them like i feel like he's not he doesn't for want the them. for the good for the good for the good the runes will be for good i feel Can like i say that later when we find out that we need like a seventh thing i wasn't thinking a seventh breed of dragon i was thinking like a wyvern entire time in the whole book it was like six and the one and i'm like okay the one's her lightning which it ended up not being and that was my whole thing the first one and i was wrong but it was because she translated it wrong right yes okay because she said iron rain which very but, much sounds like lightning but right and then iron flame still sort of sounds like lightning right so then her mom tells her like she smuggled lira's journal to them and mm-hmm. her mom said translate it and it's in a different language that only Justin I can translate. And she's got to do it in a short amount of time. Right. So chapter 58, she's still mad at Brennan. Then this is when Zayden tells her to come to the sparring room in the gym. And she goes, I haven't seen you in a week. This is where you want to meet. And he goes, figure we'd be fighting. What better place to do than the sparring gym? And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then they have a quick conversation and it ends with, we don't keep secrets. No more ask me. No more test to see who's in and who's out of this relationship. It's full disclosure between us. Or nothing. Done. Okay. Done. That's it. Two pages. Two pages. Couldn't we have done that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Eight months ago. I guess everything had to be out in the open for this to happen. Or else then she'd be mad that he'd tell her that she's an intrinsic. But I hope at that point she'd be a little bit more mature to put two and two together. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that we have to go to Basgaius because okay. we've deduced all this stuff. Yep. And then we go back to Basgaia. And all our bedrooms are the same. And we're kind of back to the Battle of Hogwarts because they come to her in the middle of the night and she's like, right, get your rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's got to fight. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of content in the last, like, couple pages. But at the end, like, before we get to, like, the scene at the end, it's all just battle logistics. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's all just, like, and then we were, like, we're planning our battles and we're all, like, mm-hmm saying our goodbyes to each other and everyone's anxious and Violet's like everything's my fault and Jack kills his own dragon yeah I, I one I was very upset at that me he, too very sad I did not need to read that but yeah and the Jack comes because he's a venom he's been placing tracking rooms throughout the entire school like horcruxes to lead to lead all the wyvern and venom and the sage there mm-hmm. because they want to get the to the hatching grounds right because yeah. that's where all the magic and the power is. Yeah. Okay. Dragons' house. All of the, I, the... We're so out of order at this point, but it's just going to have to fucking happen because a it's, lot of shit happens. A lot of shit happens. A, a lot. So her mom's there. It's Battle of Hogwarts-esque, McGonagall-style, do-what-you-need-to-do kind of. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll 
help you. Jack kills his dragon because he's guarding the ward stone there. Brendan has to mend it. He can because he's like also a badass. Brendan didn't want to go, but Zayden and Violet, Violet was like, we have to go. So like, great, we're going. So they all go. Mira's there. A bunch of other people are there. I think the flyers want to go, but they're like, you can't because it's warded. You can't because warded, they have no magic. Yeah, yeah. So then they're they're kind of talking to her mom, and they're just like, we're so outnumbered. They're so like everybody at Samar is on their way, but it's another thirteen hour like flight or something. They're going to be too late, mm-hmm. but they're letting us know what's ahead, and it's not good. And they're like, how are we going to do this? Well, then Brennan shows up with, and they're like, right after you left, we realized this was a mistake, so he brought all the flyers and. Their griffins and I like their little tactic of the grid system where everybody mm-hmm. has their own little space and I was like that is very organized and I appreciate that because she literally is like otherwise it's just gonna be a big melee and everyone's gonna be all over the place it's just a big mess so everybody yeah. focus on your little quadrant and we'll get it done yeah. and apparently it was pretty effective except for it was only like one quarter of the amount of people that would have been attacking them but right that's fine it, her mom called a storm so she can help file it out which is a very stark contrast from where we left off the last mm-hmm. book, Fourth mm-hmm. Wing, because I hated her mom in the fir- fourth wing. Same. But her mom actually wins this book for me. Yeah. I think everything with her mom overpowers what the ending did. Because yeah. by that point, I was just like, it could have ended there. I would not have cared. I also wasn't upset that her mom died because I felt that she served her purpose. She served, yeah, I wasn't upset. She served her purpose, but I think it was just, you know, you finally see that you're, you're, your son who you thought was dead is like, he's not dead. He's alive. The only time that you're like close to him is when he's holding your dying body. Like, I just think that there was so much emotion. Oh yeah. All that. No, yeah. I wasn't not yeah. like emotional about it, but yeah. I wasn't like, oh no, I wish they didn't right. kill her. Cause I was like, yeah, that, that right. was a good storyline for her. <laughs> if they, yeah, it was a great storyline for her. And if they killed Imogene, then I'd be like de- deceased right now. But <laughs> I had a thought, I was like, I wonder if any of the books in the later in the series are going to like, center around a different protagonist and i would really hate that yeah no that that would be so dumb i hate that books do that sometimes no matter how much i'm annoyed with violet i think she's still a great main character caravelle did that i hot take i did not like caravelle but they did that and like halfway through the series they were just like it's a different story now with a different character and i'm like what the first half of the book kind of focused on her being able to do a jump landing off of tarn Oh, yeah. And she, about and, that. Yeah, and then she was able... I was like, this is going to have to be a callback at some point. And then she was able to do it. She has to go save. She's like, I'm not doing this again with Liam. Like, that whole thing again. So I think she saves Rhiannon. Oh, um, yeah, she, like, dive bombs off of him at some point. Mm-hmm. Because Sawyer's dragon is dying. So she has to mm-hmm. jump and save him. And it was pretty... Mm-hmm. It was very cinematic. The Wyvern took his leg, kind of. They get on the ground, and they're not. The ground is not safe. It's way safer to be in the air. And what the they figured that the rider or the flyers would do is they would stay on the ground and they kind of be like the medical team, like helping out where they can, getting people who are injured to the healers. So Cat mm-hmm. comes up, helps her with Sawyer, and they kind of they don't really save each other, but they're looking out for each other here. So this just goes to show that the mean girl can turn around. Mm-hmm. everyone everyone uh, and then the dark wielder comes up and he's like you're the powerful one aren't you and they're basically saying that he said i'm not under orders to kill you because the sage wants you this is where i disagree with violet again so her and cat are basically there the dark the dark wielder comes up she's saying her i don't care about she glances at cat but you i'm under orders not to kill so let's not make this difficult and violet goes me 
and Allah, you'll be so much fun for him to wield. And the nightmare comes back full force, the sage's words tumbling over me just enough to make my hand tremble. And I will be his favorite for delivering you. I will be more than just in a sim soon. Her words flow faster and faster. I will be given the veil when this is over. And Kat goes, you can kill her at any time now. <laughs> and she goes, I want to know what the hell she means about delivering me. You'll figure it out later. You'll figure it out later. There's a time and place. I like how um, Kat is, like, heightening this girl's emotions, making her, like, absolutely crazy. And, like, mm-hmm. essentially giving Violet the opening to yeah. kill her because she's, yeah. like, essentially taking yeah. this girl off the playing field. She's she's not thinking about killing anybody right now. She's just thinking about, like, yeah. ah, the power will be mine. And it's like, girl, kill her. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. She's not paying attention. Doing, doing all I can for you. And then, and then she breathes fire, and so Andarna has to come up for the, oh my the dark God. wielder. The dark this wielder. little banter with Andarna. I know. She was like, yeah, I breathe fire. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you talk for your dog. It's just like, yeah. I breathe fire. <laughs> it's like, what the actual fuck? You, you just, I breathe fire. <laughs> you do you do just eat him? To, <laughs> you do not speak to dragons. You do not ride human. <laughs> you look like part of the cliff. I told you I could hide. <laughs> She's like, I did it. <laughs> and she's back to talking in that little like when I would read fourth ring yeah. for like a little squeaky voice. She's like, I can hide. Yeah, go to Marb. I will be where you need me. Fine, as long as that's worth Marb. <laughs> <laughs> they Justina comes, she notes that Lyra's journal is the right one. I think War Warwick's one that is lying. That's when they figured out that they need seven. Yeah, the breath of life and the seven combined mm-hmm. set the stone ablaze in iron flame. So, like, we, this is now the third time that we have mistranslated this text. Mm-hmm. Because the first time we thought it was the blood of life or something. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh, it's breath. We thought it was six. And we're like, oh, it's seven. And then we thought it was flame or yeah. rain. And then it was, why didn't we not talk to Jacinda? Or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why didn't we, like, outsource? Like, can yeah. you confirm this with me? Well, she, like, I think she wanted to do it all, not all in her own, because she did eventually ask help for help from Dane once Zayden had the whole conversation with her to center herself. So that's when she did finally ask for help. But she wanted to do it on her own so she could make up for all of her failures, essentially. But we had a whole discussion in the last episode about how it's good to have friends and how she needs, like, she a community. And she has a community, and she just chooses stupidly in stupid moments well, to not again, use them. Harry from book five. This is true. And then there's this line on 602. She goes to her mom, and she's trying to yell at her mom, and eventually she goes, listen to me. For once in your life, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. It's very Luna Lovegood. Yeah. Harry Potter, <laughs> you listen to me right now. Yeah. I basically read that. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, I do like that she got that moment in with her. I just had this thought mm-hmm. that she got that moment in with her mom. It's like trust me, and then eventually mm-hmm. her mom's like, "I do trust you." Like Zayden shows up, then he's like, "Take a walk with me, Violet." You know, okay. <laughs> Where are you going? They're about to attack. Mel Green starts. I'm buying her the time that she needs. Zayden answers, and my stomach sinks. And they won't attack. They're still waiting. And Mel Green goes, "What for?" And Zayden goes, "Me." Why again? Again, it's like a me thing. Is he invented at this point? What's happening? No. Okay. I didn't get oh. that either because they're clearly lo- looking for her. But is this the same situation with Varish where they're like using Violet to get to him? Or or it's where he's just thinking that they're being, it, it goes back to where she thinks that they're using Violet and he's always like, oh, no, they're using you to get to me. And it's like always a lot of push and pull between We're them. all very self-centered here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still to... like their relationship. But we, <laughs> need a, we need a therapist. We need um, to, we need to recognize the, um, the, benefit of partnership yes 
and communication. I mean, I think the end is going to be, I think at the very, very, very end of this whole series, they're going to end up married and they're actually going to sit on the throne mm. of whatever. But that very, very, very <gasps> What if they have like some sort of wartime rushed wedding? That's going to happen. That's my prediction. My long, long-term prediction is that there's going to be some sort of like, we're going to go into battle and we're all in our flight leathers and we're going to, we might not never see each other again. Let's get it's, married real quick. And I the general's like going to marry us because it's like the captain of a ship, like a Will and Elizabeth moment. <laughs> okay, but I guess I like that so much. But I, I mean, I love that for um, Pirates of the Caribbean. But it's too soon after Divine Rivals. I'm still having bad thoughts about that. That's true. But this is also book five. This is my prediction for book okay. five. This is the At World's End moment. He thinks they're waiting for them because, hey, what do you mean they're waiting for you? And then he says, he just says that's one of their teachers. Okay, why? Like, So he, does he ever answer this? How do you know? Do us both a favor and don't ask. So is he... We just never learn? Is he a Venom at this point? No. What's no, because you see in the last chapter, you see the moment that he's well, turning. Yeah, well, we never described how Venon turned. Yeah, you draw I... power from the earth instead of from your dragon. But, like, what made him a Venon? He drew power from the earth instead of his dragon. Why did he do that? I don't know. It's like, in the last moment, he's like, he's about to die. If I walked outside right now and then started drawing power from the earth, I immediately turn into a Venon. Like, I, yeah. that just sounds really vague. Yeah. Because I have in my notes, I hope we learn more about the Venom thing. Because I think I'm, that we will. I'm not um, understanding. People probably think I'm so stupid. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> like, I just, I think because that, he, I'm sorry, like maybe we need an expert. I feel like he's telling her without telling her. Like, what do you mean they're waiting for you? And but like, just, yeah, why did the Venom just locking eyes on the Venom and saying that's one of their teachers, the one who escaped Ven- Resin. She's like, yeah, he was at the cliffs too. He said he thought we'd be at Samara, figured we'd do the honorable thing and answer Melgin's call. She said, how do you know that? And he goes, do us both a favor and don't ask. I, maybe I thought that was from his, like, the, I thought that was from his innistic thing, too, but then you, he'd tell her. I read his Well, maybe he's like, don't, don't ask. Like, you know, like, uh, I can maybe. read his mind. Like, yeah. it's like a thing. All right. If you choose to raise the words here, blah, 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 blah. And then she runs to Kodag, who's another black dragon, I guess. Because she needs another black dragon. I think that's Mulgreen's dragon. Yeah. I guess, like, eventually, like, she needs him to breathe on the other ward stone. Yeah, because Tarn already did, did the other one. Yep. And we can't not do the black. same. I'm still voice. really... I'm just... I don't understand the Venon thing. I, I understand the Venon thing. I thought I did. But I don't understand why they're after Zayden and not her when we were led to believe this entire time that they were specifically after her. Well, I think they still are specifically after her because doesn't she have a thing with the sage or am I making that up? She has a thing with the sage in her dream. Oh, it's never a real. He thing has a yet. thing with the sage, like At in the, the last end. chapter. It's okay. like flashback to like what he was going through when she was doing all her stuff. So while she's doing the whole thing with the wardstone, he's still out there. Yeah. So. So then okay. she runs to. He leaves. Okay. Wait, in this wait, moment, wait. and she runs to Kodag, and she tells him all the stuff. Then Zayden, you know, like they, you will stay alive, you know, kind of thing. We love you. We love you. And then. We leave, cut the storm so the griffins can fly, and then we run down to the wardstone with Andarna. And all the first years are down there, being defensive and also, like, out of the way. And Brandon's down there repairing the stone. Our mom comes down with us, and we're down here, and it's a whole thing. And Andarna's down here. I'm not fond of pits. And this is moment actually got me really emotional with Andarna. I think I cried. But it all makes sense that she's, like, the seventh because she doesn't... And all the good points. The adolescents don't understand her. She... 
no one understands her. Her dreamless sleep is longer, so she's the... She's, like, vaguely yeah. iridescent because she kind of keeps changing color. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't really look black. And that was the part that I got... I think I was reading it, and I, like, had my little lip out, like, oh, when she was like, yeah. your scales aren't really black. But he is, and I wanted so badly to be just like him. I know. He doesn't know. Only the elders do. They revere him. He is strong and loyal and fierce. You are all those things, too. I was yeah. like, oh, baby Antarna. It's like, I want to be like my dad. It was so cute. Sloane comes up big because her signet is what basically being a conduit, I'm assuming. I guess, yeah. Yeah, kind of being like the portal of magic for her mom. And that's how her mom uses herself to power the wardstone. Also, apparently yeah. Andarna waited 650 years until she found out that Violet was coming. And she's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Andarna's my favorite character. And then Andarna says, Zayden needs you. Tarn and Sagal wait with him. So Tarn... Did Tarn and Sagal see this whole thing that happened? I think Tarn probably did just because of Violet. And Sagal well, no, the, no, I mean the whole thing that happened with Zayden. Because at this point, I'm kind of oh. over what happened with Violet. I'm now more into Zayden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Tarn is up above, like, flying around fighting people. Mm-hmm. And Sagal's yeah. obviously with Zayden. And Tarn's flying around without a rider. It's his rider's underground mm-hmm. doing her thing. Oh, yeah, Violet, like, has this moment where she's just, like, consistently throwing her lightning into the stone and she, like, refuses to let go. And I'm like, yet again, you're with, like, six other people, even the people Mm -hmm. who don't really have great magic. Like, you couldn't ask for help. Why does it have to be just you doing this? Well, she's the main character, and I feel like she's a little bit of a Mary Sue. She, like, has to do everything Mm -hmm. to be the person who does the thing. I'm like, girlfriend. Yeah, you don't. There's enough people. There's enough characters. There's a lot of characters in this we book, and all of them have magic, bit. and we can we can Give resource something. Yeah, she's not even like around really. So we learn that Zayden lives, but like everyone's kind of like I think at some point, Andarna tells her that Zayden's dying. Yeah, um, six thirteen. Yeah, and then she says he needs you, and then in chapter sixty five. Jane's there. She gets the words up because through the help mm-hmm. from her mom, her mom burns out and dies. Mm-hmm. Very sad. We're dragging her out of the thing and, and Violet's essentially in a mental collapse, which yeah. is valid. And we get out, but Zayden's alive. All the wyvern are just flopping because they're yeah. dying inside the wards. Yeah. Battle essentially over, but all the venom kind of run away with their hands in the air and evacuate. We find all of our friends and we make sure everybody's okay. And then we find Zayden sitting there kind yeah. of not looking at her kind of like looking over like a creek i feel like and yeah. he's like but it's like a riverbed or something and she's like he said i killed him you know we kind of figured it's the stage snapped whatever tether he had on me and killed him his body fell into the ravine and now i keep watching the river like it's gonna pop back up even though i know he's miles downstream right now and she tells her that her, her mother basically sacrificed herself because i'm so sorry she said she kills your father why should be sorry i didn't want her dead i could never want anyone you love dead and i thought that was a great line from zayden Mm-hmm. and then they kind of talk for a little bit and he goes you love me she says you know i do and he's just kind of being weird and just not himself and she's like what's out there that i should be scared of and he said me and then the last chapter is from his point of view about kind of what happened but i don't understand what happened <laughs> so he's fighting the sage mm-hmm. and he is nearing burnout basically he's yeah, he's, he's at the edge of his rope yeah. he's dying he can't do it the sage is essentially like beating him at every stroke you know like they're essentially equally matched and zayden's just throwing everything he can mm-hmm. he can't beat it and what is about me that fails he, all the females in my life i didn't he, like that zayden called women females but I, i'm i was like fine but i think maybe it's just because he's referring to sagal who's not a right woman. 
right <laughs> so he i was like i can take it but sometimes it's a little he also says at some point i throw myself down i throw myself down the bond and feel violet slipping burning intending to she's going to sacrifice herself to save me she intends to die so again it's kind of like who can be the hero here <laughs> yeah like who's going to kill themselves first <laughs> yeah well because of the other one then kind of sagel comes in and I guess because he wants to die, basically, Sagal streaks, you cannot because I chose you. And he said, Violet chose me too. Yeah, she's like, she knows that he's he's essentially debating, like, yeah, pulling from the earth. And she, because he ran out of, I guess he's like burning out of Sagal's yeah. power. So he I, needs. I still feel like you have to do more than just pull power out of the earth to become a Venom. Like, more people would be Venom. Okay, so in a deadly education, there's essentially like two classes of magician, and one mm-hmm. is the people who like create their own, like they have to like build muscle up for magic or whatever, like do mm-hmm. repetitive tasks and build up your magic, and then other people pull from like life force, and then it's like essentially black magic, and they end up like poisoning themselves kind of over time. So I kind of get it that like you can either pull from like the good source of magic or you can pull from the bad source of magic, and that becomes your thing. If I was a civilian. And like, how do people coming, not accidentally yeah, do that's that? That's the thing. If I was a civilian and all these men are coming after me, I'd just be like, screw it. And I would just like walk outside and pull from the ground. I feel like there's something more to it. Probably. So I feel like he's already done that something more. I don't know what it is. Um, and then we realize that he's kind of dreaming and he wakes up and they're in bed. Yeah, and she's there. How, what was the what was the resolution of Violet's life? transcribed between the last two chapters in between there where she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Let's go to bed now. Let's go to sleep. And what I bed are we in? Or in her room at Bathgate. Okay, that makes sense. And then he goes down, then he goes down to the cellar and, go, and confronts Jack Barlow. And Jack's like, He's oh. He's not dead again. Right. And we're like, oh, we're brothers now. I like that. Yeah, I think the whole next book is either he's going to be like Snape Venom or he's going to be like kind of like he's going to give into like the slow evil that like a venom is yeah because I, how do you not accidentally become a venom and then be like I, no i didn't actually want to do that because even like the little things or um the prefaces to the chapter mm-hmm. the little quotes mm-hmm. or, like there's no way to control them there is only power and it's like but what if you didn't want like what if you're not Sorry. what if you're not like powerfully drawn like what if you're not drawn to power and you just I don't know. You're not malicious like that. You're just, you did it by accident or you did it to avoid death. And then like, could yeah. you just like slowly leech out the venomness by, by not using it? I, I don't get it. My note with this chapter is kind of how, you know, he just hands her a conduit or now we're making runes or there's an alloy dagger, whatever. There's all these new magic things that I really hope that in the next one it's really explained how, and I, it should be because they have clearly done it. It's really explained how like a venom comes out mm-hmm. i don't want to just be like oh zayden's a venom now yeah and then is he like gonna yeah. be like a zombie person like yeah. no, he's just a guy with red irises who like if you Yo, don't draw magic mean? from the earth again what do you do like does it go away violet's gonna have to try to figure out she's gonna have to translate something and try to figure out how to unvenom a venom there is a moment that we completely glossed over that everybody on tiktok is really like heartbroken about and it's when they are on the mountain learning of his second signet mm-hmm. and he's like oh how fast do you think you'll like yeah, take to fall out of love and i think that was really sad but it also didn't really like stick because she didn't zayden this entire book has been like i love you he's been showing actions and action and action he's just that he loves her and she's just so willy-nilly like oh well you must not love me because you didn't tell me anything and he's like and now he's telling you his biggest secret and she's like I don't love you again anymore. Or, you know, not. She's in love with him the whole time. And now she's like, I think differently of you. Sure. But at the end of the day, if this guy who has been, I don't want him on my bad side. Yep. 
there's just like a lot of questions. And that's why it's the second book. Yeah. And I still gave it like, if anyone's still listening, <laughs> we like, I still gave it five stars. Like I still like really enjoyed this book, but I do feel very much like Chamber of Secrets where I'm like, there's just like a lot of stuff that didn't really make any sense that I hope will make sense a third book. And that's why I hope that she can take more time with the third book too. Because I don't yeah. even care if the third book is a thousand pages, as long as it's a thousand pages of stuff that makes sense. I I'm going to love it. thousand pages of villain, Venom, Satan. Overall, I had a wonderful time with this uh, buddy read. I had a wonderful time in the world of Rebecca Yaros, and I think I'm okay to wait for the next book. I'm okay. Yeah, the cliffhanger wasn't very much like, oh my god, world ending for me. I was like, cool. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. More than devastated about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely going to get this, the third one. I'm going to Oh yeah, we gonna... not pre-order it again because that was a disaster. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just go, just to gonna go to the store and get it. Yeah, I'm gonna read it as soon as it comes out. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, if it's 2024 in December, that's fine. Alrighty, well, friends, that was fun. That was fun. Thanks if... for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, and we all enjoyed this book release at the same exact time. <laughs> Next week we'll be talking about Fragile Threads of Power, which we recorded like a month ago. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Alright, besties, thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you Monday with another episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>